Heyo, today we are talking about going back on your words. And that's a super fun thing, but I'm sort of explaining how important it is to just get a lot more fluid. We're going to say some stuff. It's not always going to stick. And we don't have to stay in those seasons when we've outgrown them. And so we're breaking that down today. Let's go! Sorry, I don't know why. Okay. Welcome to season three. Um, I would love to tell you that season three is full of so many twists and turns and craziness that's going to come in. And honestly, it could be. But... This podcast is my own personal journal of escaping from what I deemed a life that wasn't really fit for me. And that started in season one, rooted in the fact that my dream had died and I didn't know what my goals were in life anymore. And as we've walked through the valley of what that looks like and everything encompassing we've been recording. And so I'm excited to be going into season three. I don't know what's in store for us, but I can tell you that from season one to now, every day feels a little bit better and a lot more aligned. So I'm excited that you're here. If you're just finding this today in season three, um, you can go back and find all the past episodes. I started at around the age of 30 recording this podcast um, every weekday, working through this really painful point in my life. And we're just starting into season three, and I'm excited to see where we get. It's a whole lot of entrepreneur, creative vibes that are going out into this world. And the more that I get to experience that, the better that I feel. So gear up, load up, and let's all go out and change the world however that looks for us. But more than anything, let's forgive ourselves for our dream dying and start getting back to rebuilding after that. Hey y'all, how y'all doing? Let's go ahead and crown ourselves at our greatness. Um, my great thing was finding the most perfect, is that, yeah, that's how you say it. The most perfect, that still might not be how you say it. We're going to go with it. Um, side table. So I am slightly, if not entirely, if not overly obsessed with, um, the woodwork in my house. Now, this is what I will say. My husband and I looked for houses for four years. Four years we rented and searched for houses. Now, that seems like a long period of time because it's kind of like, well, just get over it. Just find a house. It really isn't all that hard. There are plenty of houses. There are plenty of things. And I was adamant. We need something that's updated yet classically whimsical with these quaint details. Someone who put a lot of time and effort in the preservation of 
an old house of the old charm in said old house of the old charm in the entirety of the house. And what we would find most of the time was that people either disregarded it entirely and upgraded and made a brand new house or that people like redid the house and they would redo parts of it and completely throw away the charm. And then you just had this sort of hodgepodge house that was charming and eclectic, but then brand new in another room. And a lot of people like that. And a lot of people would look at that and they'd go, oh, this is already updated. So now we just have to update the rest of the house to match this one updated room. And I can't and I shan't and I went. And so we looked and we looked and we looked and we found nothing because I was a stickler. And also, I don't like tiny doors. They really creep me out. I don't know why tiny doors exist. Um, but a lot of old houses have these like tiny doors, which are certainly a portal to hell. And I can't be a part of that. I won't. And so those were the things on the table. Quaint, eclectic, charming style with no tiny doors. And so every time we'd go into a house, we'd look through it. There was one house in Cedar Falls, Iowa, and it was close to Main Street. And it was so charming and beautiful, but it had like three tiny doors upstairs. And I can't even imagine what things would be lurking and coming through those portals in order to steal our souls and my children. And so I could not. We almost made an offer on the house and then the tiny doors just overtook me completely. And I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I couldn't. Nope. No, 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 no tiny doors. No, no, no. And I realized that you can just take them out and you can board them up, but they still would exist in my mind. And I would know about them and I certainly could not be a part of that. And so we didn't buy that house. And then shortly after we random, so random, and this is how all the best things happen. And you can't convince me otherwise, but so randomly I had a friend who I was working with knew what I was looking for, knew how obsessively I was looking for all of these beautiful details that were somewhat in the 19th century. Like if I could find a hundred plus year old house, that would be ideal. And the hundred plus year old house had kept all of the original woodwork. Here are goals. Here are things that you certainly can't get at the price range that I was trying to get it at. And then one day my friend at work who knew how obsessed I was with these things shared this house to me. We went and looked at it. The people were super nice and had a timeline that worked out perfectly with ours. We had to get out of our rental and it just so happened that the small bedroom community we were living in or wanting to move to our landlord at the time was actually a city council member there and his wife was the owner of a daycare there. So they were loving that a small family with small children that would certainly grow um, wanted to move to the community. So they let us out of our lease early and we got the house and like it all just happened. And this house was 
perfect. They had left everything perfectly protected in the original condition. Like I can't even the woodwork so ornate, so beautiful, so amazing. In fact, that we need new windows, but I can't, I can't do it. I told my husband, I would be willing to sell the house and take money off of the house. So someone could get new windows, but I can't be the one taking those out. I just can't. I can't. I won't. I won't. I shan't. It won't happen on my watch. And I'm so obsessed with the woodwork, in fact, that I have talked about ripping all of it out before we leave and taking it with us and building it into our new home because someone's going to come along and just toss it all out. I know it. I know it. They're going to say, oh, this could be a cute house, but we should do white trim. And they're going to get rid of all the beauty that is this trim. And I don't want to go ahead and like run through people who want to buy this house like that. Hey, are you going to protect the woodwork? Are you going to replace it all? I don't want to have that conversation with them. And so maybe I'll just take it all with me and make sure that it is held and preserved and kept somewhere very special. Uh, so it doesn't just get thrown away somewhere. It's all so amazing, like original brass fixtures. Ugh. Beautiful crown moldings. I mean, I can't, I can't even with this house. And so that will, I will continue to be obsessed with that. But the result of that obsession is finding pieces that complement that nicely because you can't just throw extremely brand new things in here. It's like, it's artwork, this whole house. And so matching styles and fabrics and things that complement that, that don't say, hey, I'm brand new trying to hang out with you old stuff. Like it doesn't work that way. And so I'm getting better at finding the pieces that complement that look amazing with all of the pieces that we've brought in to this house. And it is like a continued artwork. And yesterday I went to actually look at chairs for my sister-in-law's house because we are making her the boho bungalow of her dreams, or that's what I would term it. I'm not sure that we've had that discussion and that that's what we would call it, but that's certainly what I'm calling it when I tell other people that that's what we're doing. And so I went to one of my favorite vintage stores. Hey, shout out Epic Finds, Waterloo, Iowa. You need to stop there if you haven't. He has the most amazing pieces, a lot of chairs, which I'm here for. You know this my whole entire garage is full of chairs. Luckily, it's a four stall. And so we can just pile it in. My garage is bigger than my house. I don't know why we don't need a four stall except for the vintage furniture that we're collecting for a house that doesn't exist yet, but will one day. So all that to say, I went to go look at these chairs. I went to go say, yes, we need these chairs to exist in this space. They're going to be perfect. And I was rummaging through the truck of the finds that he had in his going to be bringing into his store. And I find this table and I have a chair that I exist a lot of my time in. And it is a chase lounge, but in this uh, most epic uh, fabric on this, the livability in this, you just, you, you sink into this chair and you want to exist there forever. Like, 
and ever and ever and ever. And so it's kind of tucked into this corner. And I've had just sort of a tall table that was real dark wood. Didn't really go with the space, but I just had it. I don't even know where this table come came from, but it's just been carried along and brought along. And so it was fitting in that space. It was fine. It held books. It held plants. It was good. And then we were rummaging through this truck and he's like, yeah, and I found this table. Isn't it so cool? And he knows that I love that woodwork because it actually matches the woodwork in my house. And I am so here for it. And so he was like, isn't this beautiful? <laughs> and I didn't even know if it would fit the space, but I was like, I think that would look so cool in my little reading existing nook. And I need it now, right now can't even leave without it. And I wasn't sure if it would be the right height. And I wasn't sure if it would fit the space exactly. But I was like, I can find somewhere for this to exist. And our furniture is actually taller than most people's furniture because we're tall. And we don't want to exist in teeny tiny furniture. So I was really unsure because it was a lot shorter than my old table. And I didn't know how it was going to look. And it is amazing. Go ahead and peep my Instagram and Facebook story because the before and afters are there. It is life-changing. It brings out new tones in the chair that I didn't even realize existed there. And listen, once we get these floors redone, we have that table, like life is meant to be spent here forever. And ever, we never shall part, and I will love you forever and ever. <laughs> yeah. It will only leave heartbreak for me. Yeah, that's that's what's happening. And if we have to take all of this woodwork with us at some point, we'll make that decision. And we will certainly continue this style choice into what will become our new home at some point. And I don't know. It was just amazing. And all things are like that. When the world and universe just opens up to you and it says you can't not do this if you try, even though you probably will try because you'll go, ah, are you sure? And the world's just going, um, yeah, yep, we're sure. And then you go, ah, I don't know. And then three more things happen. Eventually you just give in and you say, yep, this was all meant to be. Okay, here for it. And that was my table yesterday. Here for it. And I literally, <laughs> this is the crazier thing. And I should stop being shocked by it, but I won't. I'm going to keep bringing it to you because this is how quickly the world works for you when you get an alignment, when you say specifically what you want. I had just off mentioned the other morning when sitting with my husband, uh, I really need a different table. I need a different table for this space. And he certainly doesn't remember that. And I barely even remember saying that, but I remember having that thought in my mind, like this table doesn't fit and it certainly won't fit when the new floors are done. And go universe. And I didn't even say, like, I think I'm going to start looking for one. I was just like, you know what? If we could, I would love a new table that fits this space. Boom. Sign sealed, delivered. Universe say no more. We got you. So that's my great thing. Go ahead and check out my stories for that. I can't be more here for this 
modern mid-century type of furniture that just matches the eclectic nature of my home. I would love to style entire spaces with these things. And I will. Stay tuned, my good friends. It's coming. Um, so yeah, go ahead and take time for yourself. Recognize yourself for your greatness. It's called greatness grounding. We can't really do anything before we start our day with that or before we go ahead and mark ourselves in that frequency. Let's exist there for a little while. Give in, give over and go. Okay. So there are so many things that I said I would never, ever do in this lifetime. There are so many things that I certainly announced on this exact podcast that I would never do, that I would never be interested in. And it's funny because they say when you say those things, you're going to do them. And I would say that I heard that most times um, related to parenting, because that's what you do. You watch other people parent their kids and you go, I would never, I would never. I could never imagine a life where I would do something like that for these children, right? I, I remember having this very conversation when I was adamant about raising my firstborn on only organic foods. Sure, it was more expensive. And everybody said, yeah, by your second kid, you're not going to care. I promise you. <laughs> And I scoffed and laughed and then found myself at year two of having two children, watching my one-year-old eat already chewed gum off the bottom of bleachers and just being too tired to really react in a normal manner for any human being. And then I realized that this was true. That I would not care. I certainly would not. And that I would not notice or give any two craps about whether or not it was organic or breastfed or, or formula fed or cloth diaper or non-cloth diaper or whatever, all of the million decisions that certainly make you a terrible or wonderful mother all in the same breath by child two, I was certain that none of the things that I set in stone as I would never mattered. Like certainly there's not a mother on this planet that wouldn't say I would never let my child eat already chewed gum off the bottom of bleachers. There's not one person who would say that. Well, I think I'd be open to that. No one, right? But these are the things. We say all these things, we sign all these doctrines of who we will be and what we will never do. And what I'm finding now in researching and discovering even more is the willingness to just stay open to all of it, wherever it goes, however we build it, however it becomes, however small or big or whatever, just like going in the source of the universe and the source of the alignment and pieces that do or don't. I know that in the beginning of all of this work, it was like I could never thrive in a small community. No, thank you. We need to go find something else. We can't be Iowa. We could never survive here. Let's move on. And 
these are the things, my good friends. These are the things that we're beginning to explore and find stride in. And it's so funny because I am certain that I renounced them completely. That I said, oh, no, 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 no. We shouldn't. We shouldn't do that. Mm -mm. Nope. That would be a good thing to avoid altogether. And yet here we are. Doing all the things that I am certain I said I never would have interest in doing. <laughs> and doing some of the things that I was, am certain I said I would have total interest in doing. But I think at this point, it's just becoming so much less sure and shifting into just a more willing existence. I don't know. But if it's still flowing, if it's still existing, there's some sort of reason. And I'm a very, hmm, I'm complicated in that once I find something that I liked, I kind of become obsessed with what the process is, with how we package it, with how we put it all together. But it takes me a second to find exactly what it's supposed to be to find exactly where we need to fit. And so I actually do a good job at staying pretty fluent there and then get more exact as I get definite in what it's going to be. But I think early and even more recently, it's become very important to stay even more fluid through this. And I say this to entrepreneurs and to people all the time, as a, as a sort of guiding light, it's like, especially when you're getting back into your dreams, you're sort of soaking yourself back into life as you want to exist. It's really important that you're just trying a bunch of things out. And so the fluidity that I recommend is fluidity that I'm recommending to myself now. It doesn't have to be any one thing. Let's open it up. Let's do the things that are here to do. Let's just do even more. What are the things being put on your table? And do you like them or not? And how could you impact them? And how could you be of service here? And how would you put your spin that's different from anyone else's on this environment, on this space? And I think true to how we all want to exist here, it's just about handing yourself over and being okay with doing some things that you said you would never, you would never, oh, I would never not be watching my kids so closely that they would eat something like that. Oh, really? Okay. Okay. I will raise you that. And I will challenge you because it ain't easy, my good friends. It just isn't. <laughs> and that's what I want to go ahead and just remind you, let you know it's okay. We're going to say some things. We're going to have some bold moments where we are certain 
about things that we want and we don't. And it's okay to have those conversations, to say those things. And it's okay to go back on that and say, yeah, maybe. Maybe Gerber baby food ain't so bad because daycare is expensive because we no longer have time with the complexity of our lives to really plan out and make baby food like that because, because we don't even really have to have a good reason. Because going back on things that we say is just sort of how life works sometimes. And we wish that we were these perfect, wonderful human beings who are exact and perfect in the pursuit of their life and their existence, but we just aren't. And we really can't be. That's an unfair expectation. And so let's go ahead and just lower that expectation. Let's not force ourselves to stay true to moments and things that we said in a different time of our life, in a different season. Maybe we are facing different things. And I'm certain when I said things like that, I was still standing covered in my own ego, right? In this need to protect myself from these things, from allowing these things fully in. And so I was trying to protect myself. I was still trying to project myself through this ego eye. And so I said a lot of things that were untrue. And now that we've undone that a little bit, and now that we're existing in a little bit truer existence, I'm realizing how important it is to just be okay with going back on some of those things, going back and examining if there's any truth there, examining where the truth was in that season. Because in the season when I was saying things like, I would never start a brick and mortar, that's the dumbest thing you could ever do. In the seasons where I was saying things like, why wouldn't you just do a service-based business? It's the easiest business that you could start. Why would anyone start something that has material things? Why would anyone start something with inventory? In those seasons, when I said those things, that was just where I was at. That was the reality of the moment that I was living in. The moment that I was living in where I was making no income from the work that I was doing. Where building something small and secure that I could love in a community that I was in was rather unimportant. Because I didn't really exist in my community. I didn't really understand the importance of the economic development in small rural communities. I couldn't have understood why those things needed to exist. I had no idea, acceptance, reality in a community setting whatsoever. I hadn't even begun to reflect on how very important and vital my own home community was in my success in life. I was sort of still resenting it all, acting as if I hadn't been raised off the backs of community members that I came from. I was acting upon my ego. I was acting as if I was this self-made human. And I wasn't. 
But my ego was sort of protecting and combing and calming me to all of this and allowing me to say those things and resent some of those things and even mark this flag where I would stand forever, or so I thought, kind of renouncing what was small and seemingly insignificant. And now I realize significance is really up to you. Success, completely up to you. And so today, I guess, like, let's just start the conversation of opening ourselves even to the things that we said we would never, right? <laughs> I mean, as parents, this is a very common joke. If you're a parent or if you've ever heard this parenting conversation where usually a seasoned mother will look at a less seasoned mother and laugh at all of the ridiculous things that they're doing, because that's what we do, um, and say, oh, yeah, someday you'll realize you don't need 200 different baby carrier seats, like just the one will do. Someday you'll look at yourself and realize that Completing an entire nursery is really rather unimportant because your child probably isn't even going to sleep there very much. And you'll go, I would never allow my child to sleep in my room. And then at 3 a.m. when you haven't slept for the sixth day in a row, you'll bring the baby bed right in next to you just so you can get maybe 45 minutes straight of sleep. You're willing to do anything. And you'll remember the times that you said, I would never, and you'll probably start to shame yourself for doing those things because of how sure you were of that. And I want us to just release the shame and not the shame even around parenting. But if you did those things and you saw your kid eat gum like that and you ate your words very quickly, eat them together. This is life. There's no reason to shame it. We're growing. These are just seasons. In seasons of hurt, in seasons of down, we say and do things that are probably untrue to the further growth of who we become. And so it's okay. It's okay if you said you would never and now you find yourself doing. It's okay. Right? And probably most of us won't have an ability to recall these things, even though I will say that I have perfect recall on some of the parenting claims that I made early on. And I ate words firmly often because I am so and was so openly boisterous of the things and the places that I stand. And I was certain that I was right. And I want us to go ahead and, and just back down the rightness. Go ahead and let ourselves explore freely. Even explore freely in spaces that we said we would never explore. Because likely the things you said when we were that exact and that immobile, we were still in a place of insecurity, of scarcity, of ego-minded claims. And so when we're speaking from that place, we shouldn't hold ourselves back as prisoners of things we said in different seasons of health. 
Like, let it go. Let's just let it go and be free with where we are and be free with the things that we want to experience in this life, things that are flowing regardless of it making sense, things that maybe we said all along we would never and now are. It's okay. It's okay to experiment and find what fits in this current season. And know that in this life we will grow. We will change and we will say things in states that don't fit in others. And that's okay. As always, you're smart, you're strong, you're beautiful. What are you going to do? Change the world. Hey, thank you so much for listening. If you're still here, go ahead and check us me, it's just me, out on (laughs) all of our socials. I post every day, uh, post with some inspirational, I don't know, quotes and movements, um, definitely on Instagram and Facebook. You can find us at the death of a dream also on LinkedIn, but I think that's just me. It's just Hannah Ness. Um, but you can check out kind of some daily encouragement to go down, chase your dreams and live your best life. You can always check back here in the show notes for anything that we might have talked about at some point in the show, anything that I'm creating at this given point. I won't necessarily talk about it on the podcast every single day, but you can always find what I'm working on in the show notes. So thank you so much for listening. You, all of you, whether you listen to one episode, five minutes or five seconds, make a difference to me. And I couldn't be here doing this work if no one listened at all. So every person over one is just a bonus. And I feel extremely grateful to be a part of your day. Thank you.